And I think you and I both like working with a nonprofit that focused specifically on sexual integrity, you start to see just how bad this stuff is on your brain, uh, especially before you're 25 and when your prefrontal cortex hasn't fully developed and your decision-making skills are so much less than, like you literally can't say no to the stuff because it is that addictive. Hello and welcome to The Naked Gospel where we have conversations about sex, singleness, marriage, pornography, and everything in between. We bring on cultural thinkers, parents, important folk, and normal folk alike. I am your host, Shane O'Neill. If you're listening in, video versions of all of these episodes are available at YouTube, uh, Proven Ministries, we have that below. If you're watching you just rather listen in, then all of these episodes are available on every major podcast platform. Whether you're listening or watching, do subscribe and continue to track with us. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Naked Gospel. Um, so we are doing kind of a capstone uh, for this mini-series on pornography. Um, Kale Baker is going to be joining us uh, as we just look back and analyze and converse over some of the conversations we've been able to have. Um, if you haven't been able to join us for the last few episodes, they are standalones. You can go to any of them. Um, they've been really cool conversations. Um, and we'll be jumping into a new theme uh, in the next week or two, a new topic of discussion. If there's a specific topic that you guys would like to see us address, whether that's marriage or singleness, sex trafficking, former porn stars, whatever, just let us know. Um, you can put it in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or uh, leave us a review. Uh, reviews are always welcome. Um, you know, positive reviews. <clears throat> um, uh, or you can just send us an email. But either way, we do want to hear what you guys would like to listen to, uh, the conversations that you would like to have us, uh, yeah, have. So do let us know. And as always, check out the Disruptor Initiative. There'll be a link down below. Get a sweet Naked Gospel coffee mug. Um, and that's enough of all that. Kale. Uh, Kale is uh, a part of the Naked Gospel team. Usually he's in the background, uh, but he's been on a few so far. And Kale, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, for sure. It's good to be here. Let's talk so, about porn. Yes, that's uh, that was your that was your dream. Waking up this morning, right? You wanted to talk that's about porn. True. That's what I want to wake up and talk about every day. That's yes. what I do. Wake up and talk about every day. Though. <laughs> it's true. It, it is your job. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kale, you've listened to. Uh, let's see. So we started with we started with Sathia. Sathia Sam. Yeah. Uh, I had to practice saying that name. Yeah. Yes, Josh McDowell, and then and then Ted, Ted. Shimmer. 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 But it looks like Shimer. It's a shimmer. He's a shimmer. Um, and uh, now this capstone. Any of the conversations? Did you have a favorite? I guess that's that's just a good place to start. Did you have a favorite? Yeah, I think. I mean, I really like both Ted's and Cynthia's a lot. I, the only reason I would say Cynthia's is because he's young like us, and so I feel like I'm interacting with a peer. Sure. Ted is. He's not old, but he's older. He's like a a person I would look up to probably if I were to be in constant communication with him. Um, sure. But yeah, there's a there's a liveliness to the young folk talking about this that I do like, and there was a, a liveliness to Sathya and a a big hope um, that I, I really like seeing for sure. That's funny. It wasn't intentional. And yeah, we, you know, it wasn't intentional, but we did get like kind of a generational generational voice. It was Sathya's here, and then Ted's just like I, he's like right. He'd be like a big brother, and yeah. then you got Josh. He'd be more of a father figure. He's, he's yeah. got that kind of gap, age gap between us. So that's a good observation. Experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, 
Well, one of the things I respect so much about Josh is that uh, he was talking about this stuff in the 90s when no one else was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just really respect that. And then he's got his own abuse. He's got like sexual abuse uh, when he mm-hmm. was younger. Um, when he was a kid, he was sexually abused. So, And he's been very forthright about that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I can't help but respect it because that's such a... That's not very commonplace in that generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then, then. I, I like Ted for the same reason. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be he's younger, but I, when I'm talking to Ted, I feel like I can ask him anything mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff. And I really didn't ask him easy questions. I think yeah. the first time I interviewed him, there were some softballs, but this time they were like all fastballs. It was just like these are questions that I have, and I'd love to hear you answer them. And I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really pull any punches. So I appreciated that he really was receptive to them. And I thought his answers were excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. I, I enjoy listening to Ted and I, I like that. Honestly, all three of them are pretty okay with all the questions that do you want to ask? Um, mm. I think at the beginning of Cynthia's um, podcast, he said, yeah, ask me anything. I love uncomfortable questions or something like that. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. I, I, I suppose I just want to start <clears throat> I asked I asked Ted this question. I don't think I asked uh, either of the other two this question. Um, is porn actually dangerous? Like what's mm. kind of at stake? And I'd, I'd love to know because, well, both of us, I mean, we're millennials. We grew up uh, nearly digital natives. I do remember the yeah. thing. I do remember the first time I had like a smartphone device. Yeah. Um, but like once I got into like high school, um, you know, the inter- internet was like commonplace you know so like mm-hmm. at that point like pornography was pretty much commonplace um they kind of just went hand in hand so i, I rem- remember that so both of us grew up with uh well with porn habits porn addictions porn entrapments and and we've had to go through a lot to know freedom from pornography and so I, i'd love to hear like kind of a before and after like what what was i don't know at stake for you personally and what was that transition like yeah, there's kind of two ways, to, and I'll, I'll go both ways, personal and less personal. Um, what was at stake for me? It's hard because I don't think I really realized because a lot of the pornography statistics have come out so much more in like the last five or ten years. A lot of my struggle with pornography, I was still pretty naive to some of the real dangers that the the stuff causes for me it was just like I couldn't stop watching it um and I wanted to I knew it was wrong intuitively but I couldn't stop and so while I didn't have like the science to back that up for why that was the case I definitely still had the kind of entrenching experience that so many people are familiar with of I think Ted mentioned this at the beginning of his podcast, uh, but praying for God to take this away from me. I think anybody that has struggled with porn as an adolescent has prayed that prayer um, or some form of that prayer of like, please take this away from me. And why haven't you once it is? Um, And Ted and even Josh mentioned how harmful a lot of advice around pornography. It has been, especially for the generations above us for like, just pray more and read your Bible. Um, and the hard part about that is, is yeah. that is part of good advice. But when you isolate that that part of it, it becomes bad advice. Um, because prayer and scripture reading, I do think are part and parcel to walking towards healing on an individual level. Uh, but if it's just that you are in for a rough ride and you're, even your understanding of God is going to get very skewed. Um and then the less personal piece to that question, I think you and I both like working with 
a nonprofit that focused specifically on sexual integrity, you start to see just how bad this stuff is on your brain, uh, especially before you're 25 and when your prefrontal cortex hasn't fully developed and your decision-making skills are so much less than, like you literally can't say no to the stuff yeah. because it is that addictive. Uh, it, even a fully formed 35-year-old, I've talked to plenty of men that, uh, like they didn't encounter, they're, they're in their 60s and they didn't encounter porn until the internet came around in their 30s or 40s, but they're still just as addicted. Um, so yes, it's worse for adolescents, but it still is bad for everybody on a brain level. And then there's the trafficking level of like the, the women in the videos um, and just seeing how bad that is. And then the statistics that Ted shares are true in terms of the way, I think he said... When porn enters a marriage, that marriage is two to three times more likely to end in divorce within two years or something like that. It was something that bad at the very least. And that, that's true. I, I've talked to so many married men over the past few years that, that that's their story. <laughs> um, porn happens, they get addicted, and then it causes a lot of issues in their marriage and it ends in separation or divorce. Um, and it's harrowing, it's dark, it's heavy, but it's, it, it happens. And so is to the bigger question, is it as dangerous as people say it is like, yes, I think Cynthia made the point. I'm talking a lot. Cynthia made the point that, um, eventually secular culture is going to treat porn like cigarettes of like, Oh no, this is really bad for us, but we're yeah. still not quite there yet. Yeah. Is it as dangerous as people say it is? Uh, is it as dangerous as the people on this podcast have said it is? Yes. Are people at large recognizing how bad it is? Not quite. Mm -hmm. So in some senses, it's worse than most quote unquote people would say it is. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we've had really awesome guests that know the ins and outs of this stuff. But yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah I respect. Uh, I mean, Sathya, Sathya. I guess, as he tells, it kind of made a vow to himself when he was in, in the in the throes of 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 addiction. That like, if he mm. ever gets free from this stuff, he'll he'll spend the rest of his life helping other people get free. Yeah, really cool. Uh, for Ted, it was I think it was like a buddy, like a like a buddy couldn't get free from porn, mm. and so he walked with his friend through it for like a couple of years. And Ted was also doing campus ministry; he was working with mm -hmm. college students. And just saw this like shift in college students, didn't know why, looked in, it was like, it's, it's pornography. Like they're, they're believing differently. And then he pulled out those stats, you know, like people who are addicted to porn have greater, um, greater doubt and skepticism mm -hmm. and cynicism in their own heart. Um, like uh, the practicing of hope and joy and love and kindness uh, are diminished in people who are uh, regularly watching pornography. So like some of that stuff was very interesting. And then he did talk about, as you said, the, the, the marriage stuff. But I, I appreciated that, like, for Ted, it was, <laughs> uh, it's because it's, it's hard for me. A lot of people are who have no experience with pornography. It's it's easy to judge people who are, who do have a past with pornography or a present mm -hmm. with pornography. And so I just admired Ted. He was like, it, seemingly, you really didn't have a past with it. For him, it was just like, my, my friends are stuck. Yeah. And yeah. I want to be a good friend, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I do want to ask you, because I, I was talking to Ted about this, like the the relationship between belief and transformation. A lot of uh, mm. pastors that I hear and a lot of books that I read kind of make the assumption that like belief will bring about transformation. Um. 
So just believing that porn is bad and that we shouldn't do that, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, um, it can end up uh, creating more condemnation and shame and guilt sure. than actual real conviction that brings life and freedom, um, the transformation. So I, I want to know, well, first your thoughts on it, but also how that's played out in your own life. Um, I know that that's been uh, kind of a terror for me, that, yeah. that I, I, I've known what to believe but it hasn't set me free. And so either I'm believing wrongly or Jesus loves everyone except for me. Um, all sorts of really ugly stories come out of being told that belief brings transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's like a, a hard dichotomy there. I think in some way that is true. Belief does mm-hmm. bring transformation. Um, but it might just come down to like believing in a particular way or believing rightly. So your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of, there was like a John Piper video that came out maybe five to 10 years ago. Mm. And he's talking about the issue of pornography. Uh, and he, he makes the analogy of if you were given a million dollars to stop looking at porn, like you would do it. Yeah. And then it's like classic, yeah. Classic John Piper. He's like going off and yelling and it's great. I'm like inspired. But then three days later I looked at porn and I'm like, man, I don't believe in God. And (laughs) it, it's you're right it is true i actually do think that there's a truth to the matter of there is a lack of true belief that like if i believe that god was as beautiful as he is then no i wouldn't turn to porn Mm. but there i I think i heard someone say one time there's a bad anthropology to that there's a bad understanding of how humans actually function uh and part of my own story in getting free is like actually just learning how to practice stuff that I didn't know how to practice before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is like the quip information is not transformation, uh, that that's like classic. And so even with some of the stuff we talked about at the beginning of, I mean, the beginning being like eight minutes ago, but, yeah. um, like there are all sorts of reasons that pornography is terrible. Uh, but until we learn how to practice things like what Sathya was saying of looking at our stories, uh, purging the porn from our lives in a real way, um, learning to sit with God on a daily basis and actually experience his beauty so that we can believe that he is more beautiful than porn. That just takes a lot of time um, and learning how to practice those things. So we can go into those specific practices, uh, but I don't know if we want to get that detailed or not. I'd love to hear, yeah, your thoughts on it as well, because uh, I do think it's a really good question um, and it seems like something that you have experience with as well play that out for your story as well um specifically with porn stuff Hmm. or if you want to take it another route and make an analogy i'm not going to tell you how to tell your story (laughs) no 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 that's that's it's good it's a it's it's helpful i think it's i think it's important i think there are aspects to um belief so like as you say uh we're not just creatures of uh knowledge acquisition like we're we're not Mm. just we're not just dispensers and receptors for for data, you know, mm-hmm. like that's not we're relational beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think fundamentally relational. Yeah. Um, we forget a lot of things that we've learned, like the point isn't remembering everything we've ever learned and then learning what to believe and how to believe it. So I, I wonder, I think for me personally, um like belief that I am a relational being and that Jesus says, what does he say there in 
in one John, <clears throat> if you walk in the light as as if you walk in the light as He is in the light, referring to Jesus. Uh, yeah. If you walk in the light as He is in the light, you have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So, like even mm-hmm. that walking in the light and having fellowship with one another, and that like like the consequence, the natural consequence of that is that Jesus is His blood. He rin- it rinses us. It makes us mm-hmm. new. And so just, I like that because a lot of times it's like, it's, it's the opposite of that. It's the converse of that. It's like, like live in the blood of Christ and then you'll Hmm. have, you'll, you'll live in the light and then you'll have fellowship with one another. And it's like, no, 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 live in the light, have fellowship and the blood of Jesus, his son will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And that's been helpful for me. Just like, like there's, (laughs) I almost treating it like a, like a syllogism of sorts. Um, Yeah. And and I think that's helpful. It's like, no, like I, I, I. What I've done is shameful, but yeah. I'm not shameful to God, right? Yeah. And I can go to a, I can go to my my brothers and sisters and be like, hey, like I did this shameful thing, and I'm I'm struggling to believe that I'm not shameful. Yeah, you know, yeah. and actually, like, like just bearing yourself that way, I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of naked and unashamed. There's some gospel rinsing, gospel realities that take place there that have been remarkably powerful for me. Yeah. Uh, really important. Just be like, hey, like I'm tempted to go and watch porn and then just to have somebody be like well, why you yeah, know and it's like yeah. are you are you just horny like is it just a lust issue at that level like a lust as yeah. far as um kind of sexual craving or it's like no like i'm afraid of being alone you yeah. know it's like yeah like yeah. let's talk through that let's let's process that or like i have some pain in my soul you know like i'm yeah. avoiding i'm avoiding something i'm scared of something you know whatever it might be uh, yeah. I think that's been a, an aspect of believing rightly that's brought transformation like where they're they have a really tethered relationship with one another um, where I haven't had to like, like doubt my own, my own sincerity and in, in trusting and loving Jesus. And the fact yeah. that he, he loves me and he still trusts me with his, his people. Um, yeah. So that that's, that's uh, probably, the, I don't know where I'd anchor a lot of my thinking when it comes to belief and transformation. Yeah. And I, especially in evangelical Christian culture, I see often a dichotomy between holiness and healing. Yeah. And I think like one without the other is going to lead to a malformation of the one that you are holding. So in evangelical culture, there's often a strong pursuit of holiness without realizing that Jesus is offering healing and that even salvation, I think in the Greek, another word for whatever that Greek word is, you might actually know is healing. And there's a, yeah, there's a healing on offer that is going to lead to your holiness and your holiness is going to lead to healing. And, and there, there is kind of a circularity to it. I think right. uh, that, that it is a both and, and I, I thought of that because you said like what I did was shameful. Like when I look at born, it, it is shameful. It's like, it's wrong. What you did was wrong. And you, you should feel that to an extent. But if it's agitating a shame from when you were six years old and you're feeling that shame because you looked at porn, that's whenever that mm, that water gets muddy and that's where you're feeling sh- like a deep shame of not I feel dirty because I did something dirty, but like I am inherently dirty. Hmm. Uh, and you were, you were touching on that a bit. And so I think as it relates to transformation, there, there has to be a both and because um, hmm. otherwise you're going to end up I don't love this language, but either too softly in the camp of healing of like, I don't, there's nothing, there's no responsibility or too much in the, 
too too hard of like i gotta grit my i gotta squeeze my knuckles and squeeze right. this out yeah um, i remember like even a, a narrative forming in my head as a kid when i because i couldn't stop sinning like as a kid i was just so young yeah. and i remember you know having all of the best bible teachings and then like like okay an attribute of god is holiness yeah and so if he's holy and he can't look upon sin when i sin he doesn't see what I'm doing, right? Like I am apart from him. And there was like actually some sort of like wow. self-soothing in there of hmm. like, okay, like at least he's not seeing me like this because I want him to see me different. I want him to see me better than this. Yeah. Um, and so there was like this like weird hope, this really broken hope that I'd get from that. Uh, hmm. And just, <laughs> I, th- I think, because if he saw me in that space, surely he would be ashamed of me, surely. Hmm. Um And then like just looking at the gospel, like when I actually got the gospel when I was 19 and it was just like, that's exact the gospel that Jesus says, like, I see you and I am running towards you. I want to be associated with you. I want to Hmm. be in that dark room with you. And I want to, I want to die. I want to die so that none of that shame is ever yours for all of eternity. Like I want that. Ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not ashamed of you, you know? So it's like, yeah, it gives me a lot of like freedom. It gives me the, it's empowering to say like, yeah, that's shameful. That doesn't mean I'm shameful, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not shameful to God, but that is shameful. I don't want anything to do with that. (laughs) And to start like creating some distance from it, even just psychologically or in my own heart, um, that over time develops some distance uh, from the actual action of it. But you need people in that process. And a lot of people think that like, we're just, creatures of belief you know that like Mm -hmm. believing hard enough is the point what's like no like being in relationship with the triune god knowing jesus and his deep affection for you in the midst of your shame and knowing the uh the embrace of his people in the midst of that like those are transformative aspects of belief that i need i need every day Mm -hmm. and they don't come without action I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You got to build uh, that stuff. Yeah. There is a pursuit there of holiness, uh, of those communal things, um, that, yeah, did, did we are responsible to pursue, I, I would say. Yeah. I, most of the time it feels like responsible to respond to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't often feel like, like I'm need to initiate yeah, something. It's like, no, like, like this seems that's right, good. you know, and it, it is Jesus, like Jesus yeah. is there and he's shepherding my affections and my heart and my desires, my relationships. So yeah, I, I'm with you, but a lot of times like I didn't pick this really like me and you being friends. Like I didn't pick that. I know Jesus has shepherded yeah. our relationship together. Yeah, no, that's good. And I, I think that I'm glad you used the word initiate because I think that that is whenever Sathya or Jay Stringer um, are talking about like unpacking our stories. Um, I think that God as initiator needs to be a central part of that story, no matter how you spin it. Um, because I, I experienced some of the healing from, I'd say some of Jay Stringer's and similar to Sathya's methodology of unpacking my story. Like I was in counseling uh, back in 2017 and my counselor, who you also know, uh, asked like, what kind of porn do you watch? And you mm. asked me that question later. Um, like why, why? And I experienced healing from that. Um, but there, there was a part of it that I started to forget that it's not me that's opening that door to go look in my story. Mm. Jesus is standing at that door, opening it for me and saying, let's, let's look at this together. Mm. Uh, and he's initiating that. Mm. Uh, and that keeps me from a place of accidentally feeling a pride of like, I, I did this, I was kind mm. and I figured this out on my own. Mm. Um, and I don't, th- I, that's not a bash to their methodology at all. Uh, I think their stuff is excellent. Mm. Um, that's something that I, I, 
it just jogged my memory whenever you said God initiates. Hmm. Kel, are you, this is something we ask pretty regularly uh, at the end of most podcasts. It's like, are you hopeful um, when, because you work, you work in kind of the sexual integrity industry. Um, so uh, you might actually have this. I think you do. Um, the Jeremiah six fourteen passage that um, Ted Shimmer. Yeah, Shimmer. you want me to read it? Now I'm like all paranoid about, how, am I saying his yeah. last name right? Ted yeah, Sh- as you should Shim- be. This, uh, Ted Shimmer um, talked about Jeremiah 6, and it was so good. Would you mind, would you mind reading that? Yeah. It says, so it's 614, and he was speaking about it in the context of people giving kind of cheap truths, uh, like read your Bible and pray more. Um, And it says, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Hmm. Um, I'll let you unpack because you just wanted me to read it. Go ahead. No, it's okay. You're you're welcome to jump in on that too, because that's part of the question. It's like, yeah, like I do, you know, (laughs) um, God bless John Piper. God bless him. His ministry is awesome. He is a father to the church. uh, And the day he dies, we will lose a prophetic voice. You know, like he is a gift for sure. Um, While at the same time, like his, his teachings are some of the better ones when it comes to that stuff. And we've already talked about how they've not been helpful uh, in in certain contexts. Um, I do come across a lot of just older men, particularly older men, because that's majority of our pastors. Um, And it's just so, it's so reductionistic. It is so like, just like it is kind of an easy believism and there's kind of a prosperity gospel, even in that it's like, if you believe this, then, then we should, we should all be happy. We should all be healed and well, and we go to church and we celebrate. And it's like, no, like, I, like living here is hard, you know, like yeah, people are, yeah. are trapped and stuck and suicide is higher than it's ever been. Like, so is anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when you look, when you look at the church, uh, well, what's it like for you to cultivate hope and to practice hope? Um, Cause I do see the Jeremiah six passage playing out. It's just mm-hmm. really trite and easy, simple, shallow uh, exhortations. And then when people don't believe or they're not able to believe um, we condemn them, you yeah. know, we condemn them. So yeah. thoughts. I think what is really important with that is, so I'll share a story. Whenever Doing the work that I do now, I talked to a man one day and the story was just particularly heavy. And he was telling me where he was at, where he's been, and what his pornography addiction was leading him to. Um, and it was dark, really, really dark. And I got off the phone and like, I just stared at the ceiling mm. and I, I felt like I couldn't move. Um, and I, had to, I just had to go home for the day. Uh, like I could, there's no way I was gonna give any more of myself to anything. And I happened to be meeting with my pastor that night or the next night. And I talked to him about it. And he said something that has been, I think, revolutionary in any sort of my interactions with hope, whether it's related to the um, hugeness of the problem with porn or anxiety or depression or suicide is he said something, I don't remember exactly, but something along the lines of, I pray that you can grieve the darkness that you have heard and experienced and return to the hope of he who is good. Um, he like texted me that the next morning. 
And that's something I've had to learn how to practice is one, I've had to grieve the fact that I looked at porn for many, many years and that that has messed with me that I, I have to grieve the fact that I looked at a lot of women who maybe, and probably like many, many women who had been trafficked into that situation and were slaves just as much as I was. Um, I have to grieve the fact that I talked to multiple men a week who feel stuck and can't get out. And some of them even aren't willing to put in the time and effort to get out. I have to grieve that. And it's only when I grieve that, that I can actually experience the hope of he who is good. Um, I'll share one more quick story. I was reading from a book you gifted me by Lorenzo Albacetti. Um, and he was sitting in a room with all sorts of different people of faith. Lorenzo Albacetti is a Catholic priest who's also an astrophysicist. And he's sitting in this room and everybody around watched this video of this man with really cool charisma and really, he was a winsome man and he was on his deathbed and he was even still sharing his like winsomeness from his deathbed and then he died not on the video but he died and everyone went around the room and kind of expressed how they felt there was an anglican priest there i think who shared like a bunch of spiritual platitudes about what he learned from the situation and there were atheist agnostics in the room who like i i feel hopeful because that man knows how to experience hope that is real and real even in the face of the darkest thing death itself and lorenzo albacetti he's like okay i need to put my money where my mouth is in this moment follow your heart share exactly what you are experiencing and he just looked at everyone and said i'm sad i'm sad i i've never met that man i really like him though but i'll never actually get to interact with him face to face i'll never actually get to meet him and share a beer with him and get to know him I'll never actually get to know like what his story is like fully. I'll never know that man. So I'm sad. And I think that there's, there's a real kind of experience that we have to learn how to be honest about myself included. Like I read this like two days ago and it's still sitting with me. Obviously it's not like something I have this deep experience of, but when I have taken the time to grieve the darkness that is pornography and to grieve the darkness of my own story and to grieve the darkness of the landscape out there of men and women that are entrenched in this stuff and marriages that are falling apart and children that are getting hooked. It's like, man, this sucks. It's dark. And I think the only way, and maybe that's too absolute, but the only way to actually experience the gospel in that is to grieve first and then no hope. Because you can't look at all that and not feel sad. Uh, and I think our hope is going to be maybe diluted a bit until we feel that first. Um, yeah, because there are really cool ways to help people walk towards healing and there are cool things to feel hopeful about, but it's heavy and it's dark too and sad. (laughs) And so feeling that, I think that's, that's new for me, uh, learning how to actually walk in that and to experience that truly. But yeah, I think that's how I see that. Like where, where that's where my hope is. Um, uh, yeah, it's finding Jesus in the midst of that space. Amen, Kale. Thanks for sharing all that.
I think uh, I think it matters cross and then resurrection. Yeah, for I sure. I think that order matters too, mm-hmm. and uh, and it really is the gospel and and it is in its most naked form, um, mm. a God who uh, grieves deeply unto death with us, and then yeah. says, uh, "I'll make all things new." Yeah, right resurrects and goes to build a kingdom and says, I am Lord. Right. I am Lord. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's Stephen Colbert, right. Who said sadness is like, uh, they're like little deaths. Um, Mm -hmm. and so what do you, you know, are you going to look at your sadness and it's important to look at the sadness, but then what's, what's your, what's your response to sadness? Like what's your, your hope in the midst of sadness? And I, I think what you're de- describing, like those those moments, there are there are little deaths, uh, there mm-hmm. there are opportunities for real formation uh, and opportunities to come away looking and knowing Jesus, looking like Jesus better, but also because we know him better, we see him better, yeah, we see his yeah. face better, see his life and his story. I, I love all of that, man. Thank you for sharing. Um, Thanks for asking and responding as well, adding yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. It's so darn hard, man. It's really, yeah. really hard. Uh, what you're describing, it's like, yeah. I was like, yes, that. And then uh, in my gut, I'm like, oh, that's hard. That costs a lot. That's really, that's some intentional discipleship in the Jesus way. Yeah. And most of us, I mean, we spend most of our day avoiding our own pain, much less mm-hmm. the pain of the people around us. And it's yeah. so weird because I can be more responsive to other people's pain than I can to my own. You mm-hmm. know, I can trivialize my own pain and yeah, because I, I intuitively think that other people are more valuable than me. Hmm. So what you're saying is just it's a challenge to really Western culture in a huge way. It's like, no, like grieve. Yeah. Life is yeah, hard. I think so. Yeah. Death is sad, you know. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, our faith is an ideology. It is. Yeah, extent. it is. You're right. Um, That's good, Cal. Yeah. It's something to be lived, not thought. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a baller place to stop <laughs> yeah, um yeah. bleak and go grieve folks go hopeful. grieve yes yes <laughs> uh just learn how to how to grieve for yourself you know yeah. and and that's i mean i'm recently married i've got like uh 10 months 10 months of marriage under my belt yeah. and and i very seldom feel more more loved by kaylee than when she then when she exercises compassion or pity uh, over mm. my hurt or my pain, like it, it gives yeah. me permission to stop and be like, yeah, yeah, mm. it's okay to it's okay to extend self compassion. It's like wow, like that's yeah, that's hard, you know. And when she gives that to me, it's so meaningful. It's so medicinal. Yeah, it's wild. So I, that's I, the community you were talking about earlier. That's the is. real stuff. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the person who sees you day in and day out. But I think even for like even in singleness, I could have done this better. You know, I could yeah. have I could have practiced this better. I don't think it's just the realm of married folk. Yeah, I agree totally. Cool, Kale. Thank you. Um, thanks for kicking it with us. If you, if somebody's listened this far and they haven't they haven't listened to the episodes before this, uh, but there was one that you were like, hey, go listen to this one. What's the one that you would recommend? Oh man, it's like asking me to love one of my children more than the other, <laughs> even though the, the podcast are not my children. Uh, uh, if man, if, if you're under the age of 30, go listen to Sathya's. If you're over the age of 30, go listen to Ted's. That's yeah, what I'd say. That's good. 
And that's it's good. not exclusive to those things. That's just kind of where I'm at right now. Right. And if you just want like a cultural critique, then maybe Josh McDowell. Yeah. 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 Okay. I like it. Uh, I was going to say something else. It was profound and beautiful. It's gone. As it um, always is. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> It'll come back after we stop recording. Um, yeah. Kale, thanks for being here. Really appreciate you. Um, yeah. Hope to do this again in the future. Yeah, I we'll like see. that. We'll see. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Hopefully we can edit that out, <laughs> that groaning. I was trying to like capture, recapture. Or the, not. I don't think we need to. The beautiful holy thing. Yeah, of course yeah, you don't yeah. think we need to. Um, yeah. Folks, thank you for being with us. Uh, uh, I'm about to make that noise again. Um, Go for it. You want do, me to do it? Folks, thanks for being with us. Like and subscribe to The Naked Gospel. Shane, take it away from here. For sure. If you do have any topics <laughs> or themes that you'd like us to look at, uh, please let us know. Uh want to look at those things. Um, each topic will be four episodes long. Uh, hmm. uh, so basically a month. So um, you can pick and choose. It'll be easier. We've just recorded so much stuff, but we haven't really like themed it. And, uh, and so we're just trying to do that for you guys by your own request. So uh, let us know what you'd like for us to dialogue and tackle. Uh, we love you all. We're in this journey together. We want to see these conversations become commonplace in our communities and families and our churches. Uh, so continue to partner with us and support us. Thank you. <clears throat> and do let us know the directions you'd like for us to go. Uh, grace and peace. And thanks for joining us on The Naked Gospel. Thank you.